0: In the book of Matthew, he would say, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. It tells us that he has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We were just covering Wednesday night, talking about the Lord standing and saying with a loud voice, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes upon me, as the Scriptures say, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So He's constantly calling us. In fact, in Revelations 22 and 17, the very last chapter that we see in the very Word of God, we the lord calling out we see the very spirit of god crying out it says the spirit says to come and let him as a thirst come and let him that here say come and whosoever will let us come and drink of the waters of life freely there's a constant beckoning of the lord and you hear me speaking on this quite often that god is calling us out of those desolate places god is calling us out of those dark places god is calling us out from ourselves he's calling us out from wanting us to be a people that is separated, a peculiar people. He is constantly begging and calling us to follow after Him. But tonight, I don't want to focus on that. Instead, you hear me minister on that quite often, I think it's finally getting in our spirits that God is constantly drawing us and expecting us to come unto Himself. But instead, what I want to focus on tonight is, not that God does not call us because He's constantly calling us But how do we respond to the Lord whenever He calls us? How do we respond when God calls us unto Himself? I want you to know, and it shouldn't be, but I guarantee you within every one of us, amen, there is a bit of a reverence whenever we come into the house of the Lord, is it not? Whenever we come... Darken those doors there. Maybe our attitude changes just a little bit. We have a bit more respect. We have a bit more reverence. Amen. We're not just running around like maniacs. We're not acting like this is our own home. We have a bit of a respect. We have a reverence whenever we come into the house of the Lord. Our demeanor changes. Our behavior, our mindset, our attitude changes whenever we come into these doors. Just like as we approach the Lord, as He's constantly calling us out of those places. As we approach the Lord, and the Bible tells us clearly that if you and I are believers, that we can walk boldly unto the throne room of grace, and we can ask of that which we need in our time of need. Church, we can literally walk to the throne room of God, hallelujah, because we have a right to do that. But as we come into the throne room of God, how do we approach the Lord? That's what I want to focus on here tonight. And I'll say this with this message, this word tonight. I want to reinforce from the word that was spoken this morning, were you blessed by the word this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was telling little Dougie there in the back. I said, I got saved in early 2006 is when I come to know the Lord as my personal Lord and Savior. 2006, early 2006. And I said, I have never got over one thing with the Lord. It just baffles me. It just amazes me. It wasn't, it would have been enough church if God would have just saved me, amen? But God doesn't stop there. I'm in all I am in wonder that God continually chooses, because he doesn't have to, he chooses to speak to me chooses to speak to you. Church, I think that's amazing. Amen? God in all His splendor and all His glory, as if He did not have enough to do. He has a heartfelt desire to speak unto me. He has a heartfelt desire to speak unto you. Church, it's it's wonderful. God is literally that person That no matter what is going on, He stops everything whenever we come unto Him as His children. He puts everything aside and He deals with us. Come on, He he gets down on our level like we would with a little child and He looks us face to face and He whispers into our ear and He gives us that loving hug. He chooses to stop and give us time and give us place. Church, I'm amazed by that. Amen? So I want to tell you this morning, not the minister. Come on, God can speak to a donkey. He can surely speak to me. Amen? But the word, the word that was given, amen, it was for me and it was for you. God spoke to us this morning. God spoke Come on, let's praise him about that this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for that. Mm. Lord, I hope I never get over that, amen. I hope I never stop being amazed if I live to be 80. I hope I never stop being amazed that God chooses because he doesn't have to do anything to speak unto me. And church, he don't just talk to me on some high level he always talks to me right where I am. Whether I'm a million miles away from where I'm supposed to be or whether I'm right up there on His bosom, amen, God talks to me exactly where I am. Church, thats it's amazing. Hallelujah. It is amazing. So I want to tell you this in, the, in relation to the Word tonight. God is no respecter of persons, amen, he is no respecter of persons, and I think we're going to see that clearly tonight, because as always, there's two things I want you to understand. First, we're going to look at how we uh, should approach the Lord, and secondly, another thing I want us to focus on is that no matter where we are and no matter what we have done, we can always call out unto the Lord God Almighty. He is no respecter persons. Church, a lot of times we look at other believers and we give them other specifications or other abilities or other leeway that we don't usually give ourselves, amen? Oftentimes people think that it's, one, it's another way saying, well, I should get this, but they shouldn't. But that's not usually how people think. Usually people think, especially believers, that I'm not truly worthy approach the Lord. I'm not truly worthy. Someone else is on another level in their spirituality. Someone else is on another level and in another position. But I want to tell you tonight God is no respecter of persons. Amen. If we will first and foremost approach Him with our need, with our heartfelt desire, He will hear us. Amen. And secondly, we're going to look at how how do we approach the Lord. Everybody in Second Chronicles chapter 33. Amen? Alright, one of you is on there. (laughs) Amen. Brother Quentin's going to put the verses up there for us. We're going to start off at verse 1 tonight. 2 Chronicles chapter 33 and verse 1. We're going to go back to the Old Testament tonight. It says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and he reigned five years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So we know in the Old Testament at this time that we know that after David, we know after Solomon, we know after some of these kings and leading up to this point, we know that there was many kings, there was many basically the best of times was under King David, and then the second best of times was under King Solomon, his son. And we know that they had many, many years of prosperity, but we do know that after this time, that basically Israel split into two different kingdoms. And you had Judah, which was called the southern kingdom, and then you had the rest of the tribes, which basically represented the northern kingdom or northern Israel. So we see Judah, and then we see Israel. So oftentimes you see these two different and sometimes their kingdoms got along, sometimes the kings got along, sometimes the people got along, and other times they did not. So we see this man here named Manasseh. We see that he came to rule in Judah. He came to rule in the southern kingdom. And it tells us that he set up his kingdom as it should be in Jerusalem and that he ruled for some 55 years, that he come at a very, very young age. But it also tells us that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And he had abominations in the heathen, so much to the point that it was worse under his rule, under his kingdom, than it was before the Israelites even came to possess the land, which the Lord had already cast those people out. Remember what he told Moses, he told Joshua, everywhere that you set your foot, by faith I have already given this unto you. You don't need the might." You don't need the power. You just need the faith to understand that I am the Lord God Almighty and I have already stated and given it to you that it is yours. You just need to step out by faith and you begin to move, you begin to walk, you begin to live because I have already given it unto you, amen. It's yours for the taking. But oftentimes whenever we have too much leeway, whenever we have too much freedom, Instead of using that leeway, that freedom, that power for the good of the Lord and for good, oftentimes we look inward and we begin to act out within our own selves. And what is birthed from that is jealousy and greed and envy and lust and power, all those things that man desires. And so we see this man, he is not acting out in the power of the Lord and for good, but instead he is bringing back forth abominations unto the people of Israel. This was a very very wicked man. And the Bible tells us that Manasseh, we all know that Joseph was in prison for some time. Then we know that he gave the prophecy and that, that basically Pharaoh let him out and Pharaoh made him the second most powerful man in the world at that time. And we know that Egypt had more prosperity than it ever had before. They began to save up grain. God gave him supernatural knowledge. And we know there was about 15 years that Joseph was in prison. So he had a lot of hardship. He had a lot of trials and he had a lot of tribulations. His own brothers tried to kill him. But it says after he began to have power in Egypt, after he began to follow the Lord, that they were in a time of famine, but they would eat in prosperity in the time of famine because they were following after the Lord. It was because the Lord had anointed Joseph for this task and given him true knowledge true discernment true wisdom to lead the people in this capacity and the first son that was born unto Joseph after this time he had two sons the first was called Manasseh and the second was called Ephraim but Manasseh basically means something or someone that has caused me to forget all of my misery and all of my past trials and tribulations that's what the name Manasseh literally means something or someone who has caused me to forget all of the bad because I have now laid eyes upon this blessing, this good. And so when Joseph saw that baby child, that baby boy, he named him Manasseh because this child, this great birth, hallelujah, this new life that is before me has caused me to forget all of my past misery. So we see this king sometime later, some hundreds of years later, that is named after Manasseh. His name is also named Manasseh after Joseph's firstborn son. It tells us in verse 3, For he built again the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down and he reared up altars for Balaam and made groves and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. So we see his father before him is maybe not a just man, maybe not totally a righteous man, but he had done some good that there were altars that were set up in these very high places. Some of Up in the mountains, and they would go and they would make pilgrimage to these places and they would offer up sacrifices in these very high places. And the people was doing all those things, but it says his father Hezekiah had basically torn down all of these high places. But his son comes along behind him, his son Manasseh, and he basically resurrects all of the good that he did he resurrects all of the evil and causes all of the people to go back into idolatry and the bible tells us that he was a wicked man he was a wicked ruler and he was full of abomination i won't get too descriptive with you here tonight But I'll basically tell you this. He had also done some very, very wicked things. The Bible barely touches on it. But when you go back and you look in the book of Kings, it also mentions some of the evil things that this same man, Manasseh, actually did. And what they would do, they would take these stone images and they would basically carve these images out of stone to look like the male anatomy. And then they would bring these virgins in to be with these stone statues. Can you imagine the abomination in the house of the lord and manasseh was the leader of this group and he calls the people to do great evil in the sight of the lord basically everything that he could possibly do to come against god and his kingdom and what was righteous basically he was doing everything against that he had totally went the opposite way. His mind was totally wicked. His flesh was totally towards sin. All he cared about was idolatry. All he cared about was abominations. He did not care about anything of the Lord, even though he was grew up to be a king of God's people. And verse 4 says this, Also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said in Jerusalem, Shall my name be forever? And he built altars for all the host of heaven, and the two courts of the house of the Lord, verse 5. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also, he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. So what they also would do, they had two different deities at this time, they had Baal, they had Moloch, and they had Asherah, which was a female goddess that they would also worship. And Moloch was one in particular, and that they would have basically the belly of a big iron idol and they would pass their children through the belly of this idol. And they would heat it up and it was very hot. And if the baby survived, they would say that they were strong enough to live, that it was God's Will for them to live, and if the baby died, they would say that it was weak and it did not even need to live anyway. Church, they were sacrificing their own children, my Lord. They were killing their own children. This is a very evil and a very wicked man. We talk about Adolf Hitler, okay, which is about the closest I would say we have to this in any type of modern times. He wanted to put people in the ovens and he basically wanted to kill them the gas chambers and he did all kind of horrendous things totally anointed by the devil to, with power to do a lot of these things he was a very horrific man he was a very evil man Manasseh was also a very very evil man who had a lot of power and verse 7 says he set a carved image the idol which he had made in the house of God of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed to your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them according to the law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh, verse 9, made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. So they had conquered a lot of these heathen tribes. The Lord had cast them out, had given them victory after victory after victory over them. And now we see the children of God being led by this man is doing more evil, more abomination, more wickedness than the tribes that were there before them. My Lord. And we say tonight that this man had an evil heart and an evil spirit. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. They would not listen. You know, this word hearken is a powerful word, amen? We don't use it much in the English language. But there are places in Australia where they still use this word hearken, and they'll say it in short, hark. And it basically means this when they say they never say Hark. They always scream it out. Hark! Whenever they talk to someone. And what they're really saying, it basically takes on the connotation of this. Shut up everything you're saying and listen to what is being spoken. Hallelujah. That's what the word "hearken" means. It means to be quiet and listen to what is being spoken. It says they would not Verse Eleven, The Lord brought upon them the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. Now when you look at this same situation when it's mentioned in the book of Kings, it says that they didn't just take him in fetters, but basically they put a hook into his nose, a ring into his nose, a hook as it was called. It was called a hook that you would put in and they would put it through the cartilage here in the nose and they would pull it down and they would lead him around by a chain so imagine being led by your nose everywhere that you go and we can look at this situation and say you know what he deserved every bit of it for all of the evil that he has done not only unto himself but leading the people unto all these evil places that's what we would say would we not and rightly justly so rightly justly so Verse 12 gives us a different perspective on the heart of God and our approach unto Him. God is no. Of Jonah, Jonah swallowed by the big whale. Actually, we don't know if it was a whale. Amen. I was just testing you. <laughs> it says it was a great fish. It probably was a whale. Amen. It could have been a big shark or something. I don't know. It says it was a great fish. It had swallowed Jonah, and he was in the the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Anybody know why Jonah didn't want to go down the? Because he knew the God he served. Jonah was a prophet, by the way. Jonah was a prophet of God. And he knew what God was going to do if he listened to the Lord and went down there and preached to his enemies. You see, the people at that time of Nineveh, this was the capital, this is the headquarters of them, and they basically would come into the people of Israel. They would put them in bondage. They would steal all of their food. They would take everything from them. Come on, it would be like you and I going over to Afghanistan when we were at war and preaching Osama bin Laden. we say, I want to go preach to Osama bin Laden. He just killed 3,000 of our Americans in the attack on the trade center. I don't want to go over there. We're at war with them right now. So Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. He fled from the direction of the Lord. But how many of us know that when God tells us to... God's going to have his way whether you like it or not we either can listen to what he's telling us to tell you what to do. I don't care who you are. Maybe not the preacher, but the Lord. Amen. Amen. Jonah went into those people and he preached unto them. This is something nobody ever talks about with Jonah. Did you know that Jonah had the greatest recorded revival in history? It says there was 120,000 which means it was probably anywhere from 300, 320,000 women and children in the whole city. It was probably 320,000 people, come on, way bigger than Baton Rouge, that was in Nineveh at the time. And it says, from the king all the way down to the lowest, even the animals, amen, they were in sackcloth and ashes, that the entire city repented unto the Lord, amen, and the whole city was saved, amen. Amen. The greatest revival in the recorded Word of God was in Nineveh when Jonah went and preached unto those people because he knew that the heart of God is that all should be saved. Come on, y'all hearing this tonight? Come on, this may not apply to you right now, When you're talking about you don't want bad people to get saved, but it may apply to you when you're wallowing down in the mud and you feel like nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, nobody wants you, and you feel like you cannot approach the Lord, I want you to recall this message, amen, and say, God is no respecter of persons. I can come unto him. says this in verse 12. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God. And this tells us right here how we should always approach the Lord. Come on, we can approach the Lord. He tells us. I just rattled off 15 scriptures to tell you that. We know that. But we never bust up into, Lord, hey, Lord God, I've been messing up. I need you to help me. I need you to save me right now. (laughs) I don't think so. It says, He besought the Lord his God and humbled himself. Humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers this word humble? It literally means to be brought low. You know, when we worship truly from the heart, it's a humbling. Is it not? You're basically saying, Lord, I'm not all I'm cracked up to be. I'm not uh, the Happy Meal in a bag of chips, amen. I thought I was. Instead, I acknowledge that if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, He will lift us up. Humbling literally means to be laying prostrate before the Lord. Amen? It means to totally get down on your face and just totally humble yourself before another. It actually leads into the connotation of this. I will lay before you and I will submit that you are greater than than I, and I am basically at your mercy, I am basically at your mercy and your forgiveness and your weakness. If you choose to take out the sword and you strike me down here, there is nothing I can do about that because I have submitted my life, I have submitted my will, I have submitted my power, I have totally laid prostrate before you, and I humble myself before you. the Bible tells us that with pride, amen, comes a great fall. So we see this man here is a king. He's bringing in a lot of wickedness. He's bringing in a lot of abomination. But now it tells us that he is left all alone. There's no one for him to. There's no one for him to carry out his lust anymore. There's no more friends. There's no more acquaintances. There's nothing but him to do is to sit here and now to dwell in his affliction. You and I would say serves him right, serves him right that they was able to kill Adolf Hitler after he killed all of those people, some six million Jews. He put them in the oven. He put them in the gas chambers. It says even that they would take the skin of Jews and they would make lampshades out of the skin of those people. Serves Adolf Hitler right, does it not? Same thing we would say about this man. But God says no matter the person if you will approach me with a humble heart and a repentant spirit, no matter the person I am not a respecter of persons I will hear your cry and I will forgive you of your sins verse 13 says this and he prayed unto him and he was entreated of him this word entreated it literally means to step in and to intervene into someone's situation how many of us know that God did it for you and I. Church, I'm going to tell you, I would have busted hell wide open if the Lord had not saved me when He did. I've told you this story before, but I'm telling you, I really, really believe that if I would not have asked the Lord into my heart that day, I wouldn't have been here much longer. I think God was at the point where He said, Joey, I have reached out to you enough time right now. super young, but I was young enough. Stupid enough, then I don't even know what the preacher preached on. I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did do. I sat in that row, and I ripped that pew. Come on, my knuckles don't turn white, but they turn red. rejoices when people come unto the Lord. Do we not? Do we not? We rejoice. Hallelujah. Look at them up there. Hallelujah. Look at the Lord working on their heart. Hallelujah. Look at the Lord breaking them. Look at the Lord restoring them. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That's what we're saying in our hearts. That's what we're saying in our hearts. What do you think he told me? Well, let me shake everybody's hand. I gotta make sure I make a good show, and then uh, you got ten minutes because we gotta beat the other people to the restaurant. Oh no! You see, a real man of God, he understands real soul saving. He said, "Come on, right here in my office, right here." His office was right there, and we went in the office. I had I couldn't even spell Bible. <laughs> I'm telling you, I couldn't. Lost it. I may not have been a murderer and an abomination and a wicked person but I was totally going to die unless I have you, Lord God. I need you. Let me tell you something instantly changed inside of me. Praise the Lord God Almighty. The next service, you think, well, Brother Joe, you're not very bashful. I'm not very bashful. I was scared to death to get up in front of the church for some reason. See, I had a reverence for the things of Called me up before the church up there all by myself. This was in an old school type Baptist church where they didn't even raise their hands. Okay, that's just how they work. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but they didn't even raise their hands, much less scream out in church. I'll tell y'all later the story about the first time I preached. My Lord, <laughs> totally ignorant. They were all like, "I had no idea when I was. Doing. I didn't know Pentecost. I had no idea what that." Actually, Miss Cindy Barksdale. Some of you know her right here in Livingston. You didn't yell at that church. He went up, and I went up, and he said, This is Brother Joey. Y'all seen him here in a few of the services. And he asked the Lord to come into his heart, and I want to welcome him to our church and welcome him to the kingdom of God. And Cindy Barksdale jumped up from the front row and said, Praise God, we've been praying for you for months. Hallelujah. That's what the body was out that sinner and they deserve what they get but instead cry out to God and humble yourself before him and God who is no respecter of persons will hear you and he will save you Hallelujah, give him some praise my Lord Mm. It says the Lord heard his supplication I can never get out of here on time. I'm sorry, y'all. And brought him again to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Now after this, he built a wall without the city of David on the west side of Jehon in the valley, even to the entering in at the fish gate, and compassed about Ophel, and raised it up very great height and put captains of war in all of the fenced cities of Judah come on he didn't just go back to Judah with a new heart he didn't just go back to his kingdom with a new heart. You see, God changed this man. He didn't cast him out to be in some prison forever. Instead, God says, now that I've raised you, now that I've changed you, now that you know that I'm God and you're not God of your own universe, now that you have some love, now that you have some compassion, I'm not just going to throw you out. I'm going to put you right back to where you were before and where you were doing evil, where you were doing abominations, where you were doing wickedness. You're going to do great things. You're going to have love. You're going to have compassion. And instead of doing evil and wickedness, you now are going to do good. Hallelujah. And he fortifies the kingdom of Judah. In verse 15, And he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord and all the altars he had built up in the mount of the house of God and in Jerusalem, and he cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. Hallelujah, that's my favorite right there. He repaired the place of intimacy and the place, the meeting place between God and man. he repaired the altar. And sacrificed there on peace offerings and thank offerings and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in the high places, yet unto the Lord their God only. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and his prayer unto his God and to the words of the seers that spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. Behold, they are written in the book of kings of Israel. His prayer also and how God was entreated of him and all his sins and his trespasses and the places wherein he built high places and set up the groves and the graven images before he was humbled. Behold, they are written among the saying of the seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house of Ammon. His son reigned in his seed. Church, the Lord took this wicked, wicked man who was full of sin, full of abomination, full of wickedness, and because he cried out to the Lord God Almighty and with a humble heart God not man heard him he forgave him of his sins he repented, he washed, he cleansed him and God didn't stop there God gave this man an opportunity to go back to all of the places where he had done all the wickedness and now do good church this is a perfect. Piffer- I want you to remember tonight don't ever ever forget that you can always approach the Lord. But we approach the Lord with respect, we approach the Lord with reverence, and we always approach the Lord with humbleness. Amen. We humble ourselves before our God and before our Lord in our hearts, and when we humble ourselves before Alone shall lift us up. Amen. Come on, is it good tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, don't forget to come and see us again on Wednesday night. Amen. I've been actually teaching on the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think it's been really good because the Spirit of God has been there. Amen. And I think it's definitely a topic that we all needed to look once more at, and I think we're all growing, including myself. I mean, God's really given me a new fresh take on actually God's Holy Spirit and all the benefits, all the abilities, all the power, amen, that He brings to us, amen. It is the power source of God, God's Holy Spirit. So please come back and join us, amen, for Wednesday night at 6.30 if you can, amen. We have a good time of food and fellowship also on Wednesday night. It is our fellowship night, but I think the Lord is taking us places, amen. Amen. Anything tonight with the word or anything else or anybody we need to pray for tonight before we dismiss? This one.
1: for me, and i ain't exaggerated one bit we might lose our mind when we get old but I sat there and listened and I ain't say this because my mother I sat there and listened to her crying out to God filling with the Holy Ghost and Father That's one thing that that God is not, that she hasn't lost. But she laid there for hours. I ain't talking about a few minutes. I'm talking about hours. She said, God, put your spirit, bring your spirit down upon me. Wrap your arms around me. Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. That lady prayed. Hours and hours. You know what? She can't remember anything hardly anymore. But we still in our right mind. Why can't we go to God like she's doing? And this didn't happen one night, it was Thursday night. Friday night started all over again. Says she's getting it, the nurse come in and says she's getting sundown syndrome. In other words, when the sun goes down, it, even though they're sleeping, they start talking. She wasn't talking about people. She was praising God. Asking God to fill her with his spirit. Keep his hand upon her. it it broke my heart to listen but I know that I know that I know when it's her time I know where she's going to be I know where she's going to be it's going to hurt but at the same time it's going to be a little bit of joy because I don't want to see her suffer like she suffered It, 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 it hurts but I know that, that God is with her because that part of because she she imagines things she sees things but that's one thing that God is to me is not took away from her. she I know that she loved God. And that was my strength was in her because she's the one that brought us as child, children to church but I know that, that God is with her 24-7 but to listen to her pray for hours and it probably would have went on hours on Friday night but she had got a rash and they gave us some Benadryl and it kind of calmed her down but she had started friday night right as the sun went down right as it started getting dark when they turned the lights out she started doing it again praising god and asking her to fill her with the holy ghost and fire and it just went on and on until she finally she, she settled down but you know that's what we need to get that's what we need to get ask god to Fill this place with Holy Ghost and fire. Build this church. Fill each as individuals. I believe once we get to that place, there's no stopping God, and there's no telling what He can do here. There's no stopping. I just wanted to share that with y'all.
0: I was one mind and one accord. (laughs) There's no stopping, amen? I'm not just talking about filling up the church. Do I want to fill up the church? Sure, I want to fill up the church. But I don't just want to fill us up, fill up these seats, amen? I want people that are hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Brother Billy, I'm glad to have you with us, brother. you got a heart to worship. Amen. I want us all to have hunger thirst and unction, amen, for the things of God and for His kingdom. Hallelujah. Church, I am so excited. Brother Mark, I see you back there tonight. we got Brother Mark Everson with us. And most of you know Etheridge, I'm sorry. Might as well be in Everson. You're related to him, aren't you, brother? <laughs> he's not going to claim him tonight? Okay. So he's in Etheridge. Close enough, <laughs> but he's come and he's played the drums and some other instruments actually for us, what about four or five times now, that he's been here visiting with us, so he came and played the drums tonight, so we're glad to have him and his beautiful, uh, lovely wife here with us tonight, and their new baby, amen, their new baby. I was telling her in the back tonight, I said, I think this is baby number six, so if I'm not mistaken, we had five or six babies in the house this morning that were all under a year. Some of them might have been eight, nine months, some of them two months, some of them three months, or whatever may be the case. Then we also had Sophie with us here this morning, amen. She did great in the service, hallelujah. But I think that makes baby number six, amen. So I'm glad to see these babies, amen, in the in the house, because that's the future of the church, amen. It don't just have to be us old folks in, and people like me losing their hair. Amen. We got new life coming into the church. Amen. The Lord's good tonight, is he not? Amen. Any other announcements before we dismiss? Amen. Lord, we thank you tonight for the word. Lord, I thank you that you continue to speak unto us, Lord God. You continue to lift up. You continue to put down continue to instruct us, Lord, in the way that we should go. And Lord, I thank you for that tonight because, Lord, we need you, Lord, so desperately tonight, Lord, to lead and to guide us. Don't let us, Lord, err to the right hand or to the left, but instead let us continue to walk after you. Let us continue to seek you, Lord God. Let us continue to hunger and thirst after you and your righteousness, Lord God. And we shall receive all, Lord God, when we seek you and your kingdom first, Lord God, in your righteousness. I thank you, Lord, for all these souls. I thank you, Lord, for the visitors tonight. Lord, I would just ask that you would bless each and every one of us, Lord God, as we go, Lord God, even out to the highways and to the byways and to our jobs once more and to our lives once more. Lord, keep us safe and protected, Lord God. Put a protective hedge around each and every one of us, Lord. Not just us, but our families, Lord God. And Lord, those family members that are lost, that are hurting, that are dying, Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you would reach out your loving arms to them right now and you would also bring them into the sheepfold, Lord God. Lord, save them, raise them, oh Lord God. Give them the Holy Ghost and fire, Lord God. Make them, Lord God, your children also. Lord, we plead, Lord, for their souls to... And help us, Lord, to lead in God. Use us, Lord, as great instruments of you, Lord God, to truly be the hands, the eyes, and the ears, and the feet of you, Lord God. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but make us, Lord, doers also, Lord God. Let us have a sensitivity to see others that are hurting, that are lost, Lord God, that need your love, that need your gospel. And, Lord, let us move with action to speak to them and to try and help them, Lord God. For, Lord, you have called us, Lord, to be a people that begat sheep, O Lord God. So use us, Lord, as you called us to be used. And let us grow in love and care and concern for one another as you bring us closer together, Lord. For we truly are a family, Lord God. And let us see each other as such. We love you and we thank you for all here tonight. Let the word continue to work in our hearts. And, Lord, when we do go to those deep, dark places, whenever it may be, when trial and tribulations come, let us remember that we always can approach you, Lord God, that you are no respecter of persons, and no matter what we have done, we can always come unto you, Lord God. We love you, and we thank you for this privilege and for your love that allows all. And we ask it all in Jesus' name.